Welcome to It's Called a Tasting. And it's classy. My name is Kevin. I'm Liz. Welcome to episode number two. Whoop, whoop. It's been a few weeks. Yeah. A lot has been going on since then. Uh, anything you want to talk about? So our daughter is in high school, seen our junior in high school, and she was in uh, the high school play Edward Tulane. She played Abilene, and this was her first time acting as one of the leads. She did fantastic. She did so well that even friends of ours that we rarely see noted that how awesome she was in it. Come to find out, they had a gala, which is like the award ceremony for theater in, at the school. And she won Best Actress for the, the play she was in. Yeah, I was really surprised. I thought she did really well. Um, and some of my concern there was, you know, maybe I had dad goggles on. Uh, as soon as she came on stage, I was I was sobbing. Uh, it was silly, I know, um, but very proud of her. She did such a great job. I don't know what else to say uh, other than we were super proud. It was really outside of her comfort zone, too. She she really likes doing the crew where she stays back in the audio booth and doing the props and making the, the backdrops and things like that. And this was outside of her comfort zone. So she tried it. It was a pure speaking play. No music, no dancing, no nothing. And um, this was right up her wheelhouse. It surprised me too. It was one of those things we always thought she could do and always pushed her to try. And it's one thing for your kid to go out there and try it and they experience it and whatever happens, happens. But it was another thing for her to go out there and do extremely well. And, and it, it was a super proud moment. It was really cool. Would agree. All right. Anything else you want to talk about that's happened in the last few weeks? Nothing really. Uh, that was the highlight of my last month, I think. I think that was the highlight of the month. Uh, but we passed Mother's Day, and I don't really want to talk about Mother's Day because it was just Mother's Day. Right. Uh, we passed our 20-year party, though. Oh, yes. So we officially have been have migrated from northwest Ohio down to Columbus area and settled in Westerville 20 years ago uh, this past weekend. We did a lot of visiting. There's a, Kevin created a YouTube video of our life that we had here, starting from when we got married and moved here. It was really nice to watch that. Yeah, Music had, was good. We had some of our closer friends over for a party. I, I thought it went pretty well. A few of us drank way too much. Uh, anything that stands out over the last 20 years? Other than our kids and our houses? <laughs> yeah, we're still here, I guess. <laughs> oh, I, I think I found myself here. I, I've been more vocal about what I want in life and I don't really rely on my family anymore to help drive some of my thought processes really became my, my own individual person and grew into our family. So we found all of our family friends here. They are our family. We talk a lot about them or we will be. They're big central parts of our lives, especially for tonight's topic and COVID. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things, and I don't think it's related to us moving here, but just how quickly time has started to move by. The first 10 years seemed to take about 10 years, and the second 10 years took nowhere near that amount, amount of time. Right? And of course, it took the exact same amount of time, but it doesn't feel that way. And from what I hear, it doesn't slow down. Yep. All right. Do you want to talk about this wine? Um, It's a red. Did we get it from Metza? We did get it from Metza, yes. Metza is our local wine shop that we have a wine club with. They deliver us one red, one white every month. They do. This did not fall into that category. Really? We picked this out. Oh, you're right. We did pick this one out. It's Farmhouse California Red Wine. That's the name of it. We did pick this up from Metza. I think you actually picked it up. Do you remember why you picked it up? Okay, so my hunch was you picked it up because we generally like red blends in general. So it, it's a... 
I don't know what the words are, subsidiary, sub-brand. It actually comes from uh, Klein Family Cellars, which is located in Sonoma, California. And when they have eight different brands uh, that they market under, Farmhouse is just one of them. Under Farmhouse, you can get the red wine or there's a white blend. That's all they have. The interesting thing here is it's located in Sonoma, California. Isn't that a big wine country? It is. Do you remember where it is? No. Okay. So it's up in Napa Valley. And stupid me when I saw it didn't click. Sonoma Valley or Sonoma, California is where Sonoma Raceway is. Oh. Right, which is one of the most well-known race courses, road courses in the country. Do you remember we went to Silverado Vineyards? Mm-hmm. I know you weren't feeling well, and this is out in San Francisco, right? We drove up in Napa Valley. We drove to Silverado Vineyard, which is, it was started by Walt Disney's daughter, I believe Diane, was that her name? It's either Diane or Deborah, one of the two. Definitely wasn't Deborah, but it doesn't matter. We drove to, we were out there doing a whole Disney thing in California, so we drove to Walt Disney's daughter's vineyard, Silverado Vineyards. But on the way there, we turned left off the highway, and we were going past the race course, and I do remember that. But it was just a couple miles down the road, we drove right past this vineyard. Yeah, so we've been past it. So they, they started this vineyard in 1982. This vineyard is using a, a something called green string farming, which seems to be a form of organic farming. It's not as organic as the uh, crap. What did we call it last time? The magic farming from Italy. I don't remember. You're going to have to look it up. I am. I don't want to look it up. I'm going to have to go back and, and listen to the show from earlier. But it, it's similar to the farming method used in Italy, except they weren't as magical, right? They, they weren't putting things in a cow's horn and burying it and then picking it up and using it as fertilizer or pesticide. Here, they're just not using fertilizer or pesticide. They're treating the system as a whole yet, but much more like a, a standard organic farming method, I think. So you can visit here. They do have tastings. They have tours. They even have weddings and private events. If you are just curious, again, this is Klein Family Cellars. You can go online, look them up on Google Maps, and they've done their own walking tour in Google Street View, right? So you can drag the little guy and actually click around and kind of walk their property. That'd be kind of neat. Yeah, if you're looking for something to do, it'd it'd be all right. So on to the wine itself. Yeah, so um, it has more of a maroon tint purple than the last one that we tried. The other one had a real dark brown red to it. Can't see anything through it. It's very thick. But I enjoyed the taste right away. It was, oh, sorry, talking about legs. Nice ones. You can see it pulled down the side of the glass pretty well. Mm-hmm. What um, does that mean? I have no idea. I hear it all the time. I believe it's if you see the legs, that means it's higher in alcohol. Hmm. Yeah, that would make sense. Less water. What's it smell like? It smells more like alcohol. I want to say f- flowers. It has like a almost a rose smell to it. Yeah, I can't. It smells like it has a flowery smell to it for me. It does. It smells like flower and definitely alcohol. <laughs> there is some sort of fruit in there. I can't put my finger on. Not a strawberry. Not a cherry. Not a grape either. And it's not blueberry. It tastes vanilla. I don't know what it is. I mean, at the very least, I'll tell you this: it, it's different from just about any other red wine I've ever tasted. I would agree. It's it's a you can taste the the alcohol in it, but really soft tannins. Not really any bitterness, which is good because we didn't have a chance to decant it. This is definitely a sipping wine, though. It's not one that I would continually just drink like I normally would drink a really well-tasted wine that we drink on the regular. It's slightly higher alcohol content than I think usual. I would want to drink this more on a a winter night than a summer day. Agreed, because it does warm the belly up. Maybe lavender? I think lavender is a good description. I I just realized I screwed up here and I did not ever find out what grapes are actually actually go into this wine. Okay. 
What would you eat with this? Pasta. Like a fettuccine. Because of the velvety taste to it, you would need something creamy. There's a cracker I think I've had that tastes like this. Oh, that apple butter. Yeah, maybe at the same time, you don't want to pair something that tastes like it with it. You want to pair something that's complimentary, but not the same. Like the chicken carbonara at Carsoni's, that would be tasty. Yeah, chicken, that... chicken would be good with this, I think. Isn't chicken supposed to usually be white wine? It usually is, but this is like the buttery pasta is what I'm thinking. So it has like that creamy fettuccine, buttery, silky, hearty, and it makes me think of winter when we eat it maybe because that's when we normally go for valentine's day but like i could see getting my normal there and having a bottle of this what's your normal chicken carbonara 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 there you go what would you eat besides the cracker when i have the red wine or just about any red wine it's always bread and cheese that's typically what i want to eat with it i would not have this one with a steak i don't think it would pair well with a steak chicken seems like a good answer pork is not fish is not rosemary those rosemary crackers that we have with the apple butter those crisps that are really like you snap them and they came in like the long rectangles they had rosemary and thyme on top of it and that's what i'm tasting is the rosemary Mm. and thyme i buy it all right you ready for some answers yes i am okay i don't have any foods that are should be paired with this really yeah they don't they don't recommend any there's none on the bottle so that's out uh, ABV is 14.5%. Ooh, it's a little higher than normal. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, not terribly. It's not crazy. Like 1% or 2%. Yeah, now I'm drawing a blank. What we say? Like 125 13% is where mm-hmm. you're supposed to be. So this one, if you, they, again, if you think of a beer as 5%, which I think is reasonable, this comes out to just a hair more than a six-pack in a bottle. Hmm. Right. So it's good to split with someone. What would you give it out of five? I would give it a 3.9. I like it enough for something that's new. I don't know if I would buy it on a regular. It's tasty. It's smooth. It's velvety. And it's a different taste than you normally have with a red. Because normally with reds, you have those that cherry and the high tannins and, and the, the tobacco and the spices and the pepper. I don't taste that here. And I think that's why I would give it a 3.9. If it wasn't for those off, those different flavors that I'm picking up, it would probably just be a 3 for me. Okay, I don't like the flavors you're mentioning, and that's funny because I was already listing it as a three. Oh. I wouldn't go out of my way to buy this bottle again. I'm no, sorry. I agree. I'm a fan of trying new wines, and I wish all wines were amazing, but I don't think I would. Okay, I one. agree. Let's go back to a three. I'm still going to finish it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I want to I see what the flavor profile is. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Good call. My bad. Um, it is listed on the bottle, and I'm being dumb. It is. Oh, wow. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Flavors of cherry, plum, and pepper, which leads to a plush full finish. Hmm. It does have a plush full finish. I'll definitely give it that. Pepper. Hmm. Wow, we were way off. Plum, I can see. I can see plum. I swear I smell rose, like in my head, I think rosemary, those rosemary crackers with some apple butter on it, and that would be tasty. I remember neither the rosemary crackers nor the apple butter. Yeah, because Babu ate it all. (laughs) Did he? I don't know what you're talking about. Plowed through him. Okay. So tonight's topic, and again, I wanted to stick with, you know, try to try to have a topic each week where it's wine theme, wine based. This week we're talking about COVID specifically and how COVID affected our drinking. But before we get into that, what I really want to start with is a rundown of the whole world experienced COVID shutting our life down together. But I just wanted to put our perspective out there. 
But the the thing I remember leading up to COVID is one, the funny thing is looking back on it now, you and I went to Savoie just two weeks before we went into quarantine. Oh, you're right. So that's funny. We love Savoie. Savoie is a, uh, it's one of these cooking places you go, you pay for it in advance, you sign up, but you're cooking your own meal and that there's chefs helping you along the way and teaching you how to do things. It's kind of a learning, eating a nice dinner, drinking some wine or drinking a lot of wine in our case. But the funny thing there is it's a very communal experience and it was done just two weeks before COVID happened and communal anything was just obliterated. Um, I think it pretty much it still is. Well, I mean, Savoie is back open. You can go register for classes. But it's not going to be the same. It's probably not going to be as, as packed as it was. There were probably at least 20, 25 people there. Yeah, I don't know. I've tried looking a few times. We can't find a booking, but that's another conversation for another day. As we slid into COVID, I remember watching the governor's updates every day from work, turning it on, trying to figure out, because they, they started giving updates on what's going around around the state, around the country. But then Thursday, and I'm going to guess it was March 12th, I remember getting the update that school was shutting down for three weeks and nobody was going to be able to go to school. Going to Teddy's hockey practice that night, it was the first one of the new session and them saying... We're going to do hockey or we're going to do practice tonight, but all practices after this are canceled. Having text messages with my parents because they were in Florida and they were saying, hey, the the kids don't have school for three weeks, but they can come spend a week with us if you fly them down. And my response to them was Disney is going to shut down as well. And the very next day, Disney announced we're shutting down indefinitely, right? So my parents' vacation in Florida when all this hit had to start coming home. And then a couple things happened over the weekend. One, you remember there's a huge toilet paper or huge rush on toilet paper. Yeah, and I was lucky because I was smart. We have a nice big back room in our basement and I had stocked up ahead of time at Costco. And so we had two huge 48 roll packs saved up down in the basement. And so it wasn't a big rush for us. Yeah, I mean, toilet paper wasn't an issue for us at all. What I was really getting at there, though, is you and Allie went to Kroger that Friday. You were still coming off your broken foot. Right. Right. You were just at the end of that and starting to get back to walking. So I was picking you up for some reason somehow. I don't. But either way, you took a picture of Allie in the middle of the aisle with just empty shelves. And then going into Sunday that week. Again, this is all in 72 hours. School shut down. Hockey practice canceled. Parents coming back home because Disney is shutting down and they're in Florida. And then Sunday, restaurants shutting down for, I don't know, I assume they were doing the three weeks, but it lasted longer than that. Right. Anything else? I mean, that was just kind of our experience of how COVID set in. And it it just, it seems like a kick in the pants day after day for a few days in a row. Well, it was kind of nice, though. We're pretty much homebodies anyway, uh, with our kids at the moment. And so it wasn't that big of a change. But being told that you can't go out and do the the things that you look forward to is the bigger piece for me is I, I couldn't get past that for me. It was hard. Yeah, that was that was a big one, right? Because I mean, one of the one of the guidelines that came in real quick was you may not congregate in groups of 10 or more. We couldn't gather with friends like we wanted to when it first set in. Yeah, because we have a really good we had a pretty good friend group starting. And it was four families. And each of us had two kids at that time. And so that is right there is 16 people. And then we had May May and Babu on top of that. So it was making it bigger. They weren't here in the March, April, May timeline. They didn't move until October. You're right. It was the fall because that's when it got really crazy. And people were starting to buy houses out in the boonies. And that's why they were able to sell so high. 
Sort of. I, I think that there's definitely a whole economics conversation we could have oh, yes. regarding COVID, but you and I are, are far from experts on that. I only know what I've heard and read. What I do want to talk about is the experiences we had during COVID, specifically how our drinking habits changed during COVID, but then eventually some of the benefits of COVID because yes, it's horrible. A quarter million people in America have passed away, which is an absolute tragedy, especially given that so many could have been saved if people had just been responsible. That's another conversation altogether. But there have been some benefits that came out of COVID. Agreed. I don't want to start with the benefits. I know. Okay. So what did you want to start with? Some of the habits we picked up? Sure. Start with the habits. Some of the habits were that uh, Kevin and I both started working from home. Our kids both were taking classes from home, and we are lucky because we have a large home. Kevin had his own office. I have my own office, and our kids both had their own separate school areas and in their rooms privately. So we had our own little situation or areas where we could isolate ourselves and have focus. Again, we were blessed, and it just worked out well. So it wasn't that big of a break on us, but there were some families that we know that were drastically kicked in the butt with this. They had kids at tables. Their kids weren't as old as our kids, and they were in their face while they were working from home. It was just, we're lucky. I would very loosely say that the kids continued school that year. Very much so. Yeah, Teddy Teddy was... First grade? Yeah, he was first grade. So, I mean, they would have, they would meet for like 30 minutes, an hour a day. And I don't think there were any more graded assignments the rest of the year. And that's okay. They lost two months. Not a huge deal. Although he had a really great first grade teacher. She was on it. But then even Allie's classes, I I don't think elementary schools were prepared at all Mm -mm. to go to learn from home. Um, Not like they probably would be now. Allie's high school was a little better, but even that didn't seem, it wasn't a challenge like being in person. Well, one thing that I think I noticed was our schools are fantastic here in Westerville. They do a great job of teaching in person, but I don't think it's isolated Westerville that they should have been teaching kids how to be self-sufficient at home, giving them, teaching them skills to how to prioritize and chunk out and figure out how to do it on their own. Because at school, you have your classes and they're in a time slot and they're rigid and you have everybody doing everything at the same time. And so when they went back with COVID and were home, they had to do it on their own. And I don't think they were prepared and there are things that they could have done at school to teach them to be prepared. Nobody was pre- prepared. I, Unless you were a University of Phoenix student and teacher, nobody knew how to tackle this. It's not something that... I know. And, I, all I'm saying is they could lear, learn from this and actually add a class that teaches kids how to be self-sufficient if something happened like this again. Because this, I, I promise you, this is not the first time this is going to happen going forward. So one of the thoughts I've had, and I, I don't think I've ever told you or probably anybody else, one of the thankful thoughts, again, the whole situation sucks. It's horrible. Let's not overlook that. But thankfully, it happened in 2020 and not 1990. Oh, you're right. If it happened in 1990, it would have just been, everybody stay home. We don't know what we're doing. Maybe you get on a phone. I, I, there weren't even conference calls back then. No. I mean, maybe companies had them, I'm sure. but No, that that's just, I can't even imagine. Man, again, we're lucky. Kevin and I both have really great jobs that were very, we were self-sufficient to carry on and actually better, had better, what's the word I'm looking for? Work ethic, better home life, work-life balance was better. I mean, we could take breaks and do laundry and dishes and clean the house and do all that other stuff. So it didn't feel like it was rushed in the evenings. 
it made me feel like my day was not as chaotic. And it wasn't this half of the day is doing this, this half of the day is doing this. It was just me living. So let's talk about some of our habits, both bad and good. Let's start with bad. Hmm. So clearly the bad, right? When COVID set in, we had wine here and you and I started just out of lack of nothing to do. Basically started having a bottle of wine a night, every night. That's the bad. Hold on. How did we start with having, like, it wasn't like instantaneously. It was, we would have a drink and then there would be nothing left to do but watch TV and drink more. So it ended up being a bottle each a night. And then it turned into, well, what can we do with just wine? Or, and then before I knew it, markets were still closed down. I couldn't go out and get wine. So I started researching wine clubs and found wine insiders. Weren't you in wine club before that? No. Not at all? Not at all. I thought you were. All right. Nope. Sherry was. She's the one that had was because we were drinking more wine over there than we were here. We were buying wine from Mutsa and Kroger when we had Sunday night dinners because we weren't drinking it during the week. Okay. But uh, found wine insiders. And before we knew it, they were coming every other week with 15, 20 bottles of wine. I, I couldn't figure out how we would go through that much. But then when you think about it. You knew how we were going through that much. But if you think about it, what else was there to do? You yeah. got done done with your day and it's you can't go out for a run or go work out or go to the market. Or, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, no, no, no. I take that back. Working out's different. But you couldn't go to the market. You couldn't socialize. And it was just, it was some some way to cope with all the anxiety that, that was going on, for me at least, was numbing it with the alcohol. And it tasted good. And I don't know. It's just... It was there. And we started puzzling. That was... Yeah, I want to get to that in a second. I want to touch... Yeah, workouts does not count because I ramped up my workouts when COVID hit. I've been working out consistently since COVID set in. How do you think... So drinking got bad, right? Where it was borderline, is this a problem, right? And we kept saying, no, no, it's it's just COVID. Are we better now than we were two years ago? Um, We are. I believe we are. I think we can say this is all we're going to drink tonight and have that that be it. Before it was, well, why should we stop? Because there's nothing else to do tomorrow but drink more, right? Yeah, I see your point and I agree. It really was. I'm I'm still awake. It's not bedtime yet. I'm going to have more to drink where tonight, as a good example, we went out with the kids, went to Uptown, each had a drink there because of Dora, which we'll get to Dora here in a little bit. Each had one drink there, and now we're splitting this bottle of wine. But I'm not planning to have any more than this. Agreed. Tonight. Okay, so good. We've, we, we at least agree that we've reined it back in. I think we still have some more steps to go because there's still rarely a night that goes by where I don't have at least a drink. Which, again, I, I fully blame COVID, and, and it was a coping mechanism. It definitely was a coping mechanism during all of that. So but. outside of us drinking, when they started... We started getting comfortable with COVID, and that's sad to say that we were starting to get comfortable with COVID. We still weren't able to go out to restaurants. We still weren't able to go out to uh, bars or, or shows or concerts or anything. That's when our friend group, our, our cul-de-sac crew, came into play, right? We started having porch parties, and they're walkable. The houses in between were walkable. and Yeah, I mean, it, it took it took about six weeks for us to get there, though. I mean, you and I were very strictly adhering to the 10 people or less yeah. guidelines. And then 
it got to Michelle's 40th birthday and they were having a party for that, which was about six weeks into COVID. And then you and I were both like, okay, actually, I think restaurants were close to opening up at that point. No, they they were close at least. Yeah. Restaurants were shut down six to eight weeks, somewhere in that time frame. I thought they were shut down for three or four months. No, just six to eight weeks. Okay. A month and a half, two months. And then they came up with all the guidelines, right? You have to have plexiglass between all the booths or some oh, yeah. divider. I mean, you remember going to the bar at Uptown Deli and they had the clear dividers yes. there that were movable. Yeah. Yeah. Once we, I think Michelle's 40th birthday is when we first got together with a group larger than 10. And then from there, <laughs> May was a crap show to put it nicely, but it was kind of fun too, because a lot of things were still shut down. So it was very much like being in college again. Typically one night a week, usually Saturdays, probably we would go hang out at somebody's house. Thankfully within a mile, we would walk there, drink until we were far beyond able to drive and then walk ourselves back home. Yes. And there are some shameful videos that we have of the shenanigans that preceded some of those drinking binges. And I really would call them binges, man. It was binges. Yeah. But I I don't know if it was, I'm not saying I didn't enjoy them because it helped me relive. We're, We're in our forties. It helped me relive some of those moments that I was in college where I just felt free. I didn't have all the, 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 the weight of being an adult, being a parent, being a worker, being a role model. It just, that was one of the things that kind of went away with COVID too, because we were isolated to our family and our family knew what our behaviors were like. It wasn't like I had to put on a front for anybody. I just felt free. I just felt free. When you say family, you mean our friends? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Those were some of the best times, the laughing and just the open conversation. It was good. Yeah. One of my stupid memories from that is, is being hammered on Scott and Annie's back patio or back screened in porch and just kept yelling, Alexa, volume 10. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's like, no. <laughs> oh, you were hammered that night? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah I was pretty hammered. <laughs> <laughs> A couple of the good things that came out, though, Um, you touched on it, but we started puzzling. Yeah. Oh, hold on. Before we go back there, one of the things that we did not touch on were Ben Folds. I was getting there. sorry. My bad. Okay. Stealing all of it. Yeah, we started puzzling. In fact, a lot of our friends started puzzling as well, and it became a a habit where we just traded puzzles between houses and put them together. Uh, But I think one of the cool things that really happened is I had started listening to a podcast that I really like, I think earlier in the year, or maybe it was the year before. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. But either way, I I really liked it. Very healthy debates on half the episodes and the other half of the, the episodes, it's celebrity interviews, but got Liz interested in it during puzzles. And that became our habit where two, three, four nights a week, we would sit down at the dining room table. We'd have a puzzle out working on it and we'd have a podcast on the side, just listening to it and pausing it and debating it. And and we would have a bottle of wine with it along with it. Yeah. I mean, again, that's the downside <laughs> because it, it, I want to change one of the words you used. You said a bottle of wine, but we would have wine with it. Wine until we couldn't actually wine until we couldn't focus on the puzzle anymore. Then we would go watch 30 minutes to an hour of TV until we couldn't stay awake anymore and then go to bed. Right. But the puzzling was fun and it was it was healthy conversation, healthy debate. Yeah. And it was just it, it actually brought you and I 
closer together because we were having these open conversations that most married couples don't have anymore. We were more talking like we were friends at the bar and just hanging out and talking. And I enjoyed it. It was, it still is one of my favorite things to do with you. And there have been multiple times where we would be stay up when we didn't have to work the following morning until like 11, 12 o'clock at night. And we had the windows open and having that cool, nice breeze come through and wondering if our neighbors could hear us laughing and listening to this podcast. Yeah. I mean, it helps that you and I have the same viewpoints on darn near everything. We have the same political views, almost down to the dime. Uh, both believe in women's rights. I mean, name the issue, we side on the same thing. So it, it, that that helps. But we learned a lot about each other. We learned a lot about different things from this podcast. Actually, that was one of the best things that came out of that, was understanding that we could listen and then debate based on listening. I'm going to change your word again. Sorry, I don't think it was debate. I think it was, <laughs> what I recall is... Converse. It, not even converse. What I recall is they would have the political conversation and we would pause it and both be like, yeah, that's exactly right. That's that's exactly why you shouldn't be doing that or why you should be doing that. But it was always the same. It was always the same thing. It's always the same viewpoint. But I did want to talk or go back and talk about it, what I have now titled Beers with Ben. Yes. Do you want to recap what Beers with Ben was or do you want me to? You can go ahead, but... I in my head. So two things. I'm going to take a further step back. So again, COVID hit, the restaurant shut down, and you and I you and I are, are fairly firm believers, at least in our local restaurants. We seem to trend more their direction rather than big chains. So when COVID hit, we generally eat out once a week. Um, we shifted that to twice a week, right? We want to support our local restaurants during this hard time. But on Saturdays, specifically, an artist known as Ben Folds was stuck in Australia. That's one of the... What? Hold on. I, I'd like to explain how we got onto Ben Folds. Ben Folds actually has a lot more meaning than just beer with Ben's. Uh, Kevin and I are both avid concert goers. So they like listening to it. Ben Folds happens to be, happened to be the last concert we saw before COVID hit in person. It was a great way to listen to some original music. If for those or for people that don't know who Ben Folds is, it's it's really he's really good. He's authentic. He's a piano player. He does his own music. He's very eccentric. No, he's not eccentric. He's I mean his style is piano rock. Yeah. Folksy? A little I mean he's kinda in there with Billy Joel. Not okay. quite the same sound. So we were listening to Ben Folds. We had gone and seen one of his concerts, and then when COVID hit, this is where Ben with our Beers with Ben came out. So, Kevin, you want to go ahead? <laughs> Your segues are awesome. I know, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. we went to the concert in Toledo with Kelly mm-hmm. and the symphonic concert, which was really cool. Yeah, so again, we COVID hit. He had the unfortunate series of events where he was stuck in Sydney, I believe, Sydney, Australia. So just being a professional musician, one of the things he did, and I know a few other musicians had their concerts during COVID as well, but he was regular on, on Saturday night, which was Sunday for him. He would sit down from, I don't know, six to seven or seven to eight, but for an hour and just, you know, go live on YouTube and play music and, you know, listen to requests and uh, that people were typing in the chat room. So we developed a habit. Again, we were we were going out to restaurants twice a week, and that didn't really matter because we would go out to restaurants every Saturday anyway. But we would go get our food out, and we would get a growler out, typically from Uptown Deli or from, or Temperance Row, depending on what you call it. Zaftig. Or Zaftig, which, 
we can have a whole conversation on Zaftig later, but that's where we typically got a growler or even two growlers of beer, right? You were getting your own growler at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'd come home, we would have our dinner, we would work on our growler throughout the evening because it's COVID and we have the right to have a drinking problem and listen to Ben Folds play during that hour. But it was, it was awesome because for about two and a half, maybe three months, you could rely on a professional musician hopping on YouTube, you know, specifically Ben here, um, hopping on YouTube and playing music in your living room for an hour, which was fantastic. And it made it feel like the weekend. It broke apart, for me at least, it broke apart the work week. And I knew on the weekend, I had this non-work event that I could rely on to make me feel like there was something other than just my home. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. And I I think I felt the same. It was something fun to look forward to. It, I liked it even more when he started teaching about the craft of being having piano and how music comes along. And it was really a great experience. So kudos to Ben Folds for thinking outside the box, man. I think he debuted his song 2020. Yes, which if, if you haven't heard it by now, please check it out. That was one of my favorite things was beers with men. Yeah, I miss it. I really do. All right, I have two more things I wanted to talk about with Dora. Anything or with Dora. <laughs> you have two more things you want to talk about with COVID. Anything you want to talk about with COVID? <laughs> <laughs> Don't steal my Dora. <laughs> <laughs> two things happened for me. I had a couple waves where I had the unfortunate incident of having a broken foot prior COVID. So I was already working from home for multiple months before that. And so I really didn't have any social engagement at work or anything. So I had already been in the habit. And then knowing that when you come off of an injury like that, you have to be in physical therapy and you have to be diligent about getting back into the habit. But when COVID hit with everybody else, that went to the wayside because there was, it was, you stayed home, you hunkered down, you, you were here. And I did not have the best habits, so I gained a shload of weight. But then on the reverse side is that also helped me find what I don't like about what I what my lifestyle is and how I can change it myself. And then I ended up changing it was a year and a half ago until I broke my foot again. I changed about a year and a half ago and it got really in a good habit. It was still COVID-ish, right? It was COVID-ish. Is that even a word? COVID-ish? It is now. <laughs> but... I think instead of freshman 15, it can be COVID-15 or COVID-20. I gained a lot of weight because I wasn't doing the stuff that I should have been doing because there was an excuse of COVID. Hmm. I wonder how many people that applies to. I would agree. Because again, you know, looking at me, it was the opposite. Yeah. COVID was an excuse for me to work out more because I wasn't driving to work. So I mean, working out during lunchtime is easy. You've got an hour, just go work out. During COVID is when I really ramped up my biking and I mm-hmm. biked from the Ohio River back home in a day. We'll talk about workout stuff related to wine. And I think that fits more there. But I think COVID, it changed a lot of stuff. But for me, the wine aspect has been one of the best things, though. I associate drinking wine with all the great happy things in my life. Um, my friends that we got to know. um, Tasting, puzzling, Ben, all that stuff I associate with wine still. Ben was beer. For you, for until 
Oh, that was the other thing. We realized that I had needed to go gluten-free. So halfway through Ben beers with Ben, I needed a flip to wine because it was destroying my stomach. Okay. Two things yet that, and again, the whole thing sucks. If we could go back to 2020 and say COVID never happened, absolutely, we would do that. But two things yet that are good that came out of COVID. One is Dora, designated outdoor refreshment area, which many, many towns have at this point. Uh, allows you to go into a restaurant, buy a drink, put it in a plastic cup, and walk out and drink it on the sidewalk. Walk up and down, again, a designated area where you can drink outside publicly and go shopping or, or do whatever else you want to do. Um, so that's been fantastic. And, and I mean, you and I ex- exercise that liberty tonight. On multiple nights. Yeah, have done so multiple times. Other thing that we haven't really touched on yet is outdoor dining. <gasps> oh, Yes. So we experienced before COVID uh, Paris, and I I don't know about you, but Paris was the first time that I really thought about having restaurants as outdoor experiences, and being indoors and eating is just dull and dingy for me. Being outside and eating is one of the best experiences. I know living in Ohio is not the best time or the best weather to be eating outside, if anybody can figure it out, having an outdoor seating 24-7 all year round, go for it. You're going to get a lot of people to go. I would go there. I would probably patron that two, three times a week. No. No, you wouldn't. So nobody's going to go eat outside 24-7 in Ohio. 365. 365-7. Not, not 24-7, 365. Still, no one is going to do that in Ohio. There are days when it's 15 degrees and you're not going to be sitting That's out That's why I said if somebody figures it out. No, no, no. It's never going to happen. But the catch is outdoor dining didn't used to exist at all. And because of COVID and six feet of distancing and all that fun stuff, a lot of restaurants started leveraging. Well, you know, can I put my chairs and tables out on the sidewalk? Can I put my chairs and tables out on the parking lot behind my building and kind of block it off? And a lot of them got access to do so, which created this outdoor dining that didn't exist before. And that has been fantastic. Now, it might, again, it's Ohio. It might only exist from April to October, but still, that's that's good enough for me. That's better than nothing. Yeah, I would agree. It just makes me think of all that awesome food and fresh air and, I don't know, I like outdoor eating. We did leverage our, our back patio quite a bit more during COVID. We did. I started working out there a lot more. That? At least for the first two years. I haven't so much this year, but I don't know. I, I feel like we're kind of in the post-COVID era anyway. Yeah. And we also watched a lot of hockey games, watched a few mov- movies out there. I think those were the, some of the fun things because there weren't things to do. And we happened to have a projector and a bed sheet or a, a nice um, sheet to put out and watch some movies with the kids and gave us a theater experience. Anything more on COVID? Nah, I'm good. Okay, so now it's time for the final sip. Tonight's question is, I'm most competitive when it comes to... Video games. You're most competitive when it comes to video games? Oh, I'm competitive with a lot of things. I'm just a competitive person in general. You wouldn't think that, though. But you're supposed to answer for yourself. Oh, I thought we were supposed to answer for the other person. No. Oh, so I am most competitive when it comes to being right. I'm glad you finally admitted that. (laughs) It kills me to say it, but that's, I don't mind being beaten in video games. I don't mind being losing. I don't mean mind being second to best. But when you tell me I'm wrong, oh, hands down, makes me feel very um, defensive. 
That's a big point that has come into contention with you and I over the years. You've never actually said this before. You need to be right. I need to get it right. Yes. And you see the difference? Yeah, I do. Right. I don't I don't care if I'm wrong. I I really don't as long as we get to the right answer. But the one thing that I do notice though is there's a degree of certainty in everything I say. And uh it's always you always think that I'm wrong more times than I'm right. It depends on the subject. Well, so so here's the difference as well. If you want to debate anything IT related, hmm. I'm going to speak up. If you want to debate anything running and most things exercise related, I'm going to speak up. If you want to debate anything soap opera related or movie related, well, movie's not fair. Movie if I've seen it, I will speak up. If I have not seen it, I will sit there with my mouth shut and I won't say a thing. Right? Which is where I was going with soap operas. I won't talk about soap operas. I know nothing about soap operas. Not that you do. You used to. But TV and stuff in general, just acting, watching theater, things like that. Music is a different beast. I think we both are a little, it's a little personal for both of us. I don't know what you mean. Okay. So what are you most competitive about? I thought I had an answer. I, I... Mine's better. Your answer is better? Mm-hmm. Your answer for me? No, my answer for me. I mean, what am I'm I'm competitive in physical activity and fitness in general. When it comes to debates, I'm competitive in anything I would con- which is what we're saying, anything I would consider myself to be a subject matter expert in. Which among our core friend group that would be exercising, fitness, technology, video games, pretty much everything. Was that everything? That was everything? Mm. Cooking. Was that cooking? No. Right. I would never stand up and correct somebody in cooking. And that's the catch, right? The catch is I would not stand up and offer my opinion because I know my opinion is invalid in that subject. I would agree. I think that's all for tonight. Until next time, remember, size matters. Nobody likes a small glass of wine.